This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Be the bull. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Show with Alan Jerry on this Tuesday morning. Been all baseball all the time. Look, well, plenty of time to get into the Jets and Giants, and it was a disappointing weekend for both for different reasons. Although Mike White looked pretty solid. Look, yeah, I mean, you can nitpick some of the throws late to a lot of guys, but did uh, here's the thing: you watch the Jets now, you feel confident and comfortable with Mike White and that offense being able to do something and bring them back in a game or get them in, you know, uh, into the end zone and potentially win that game. They had their opportunities, didn't get the job done, but you feel comfortable with Mike White, at least for now, moving forward, and we'll see what they could do now in Buffalo. Not going to be easy for them. Tough loss would have been a remarkable win for the Jets in Minnesota. Did not get the job done. Giants with an ugly game. I didn't, I know people said, oh, what a great game. I did not think it was a great game. I, come on, a tie yeah, we look, we said they were evenly matched teams, and you, you kind of saw it out there. But the Giants' defense didn't get the job done when they needed to to be able to secure that win. Graham Gano just short on the field goal, uh, a tie, and you move on, and really nothing happened then. No, no blood drawn during that one with Washington, and it remains that the Giants are going to have to, you know, make sure they at least beat Washington now, but in their house after they take on the Eagles this week, which could be. Look, I, I've been doubting Philadelphia. As you heard Dable say, running over everybody, be careful. Could get ugly quick for the Giants. Anyway, we will get into plenty of football throughout the course of the week, but the big news of the day, Justin Verlander signing on with the Mets to replace Jacob deGrom, who left to go to Texas, and there's 68 wins. And by the way, Bruce Bochy had some, uh, I mean, just remarkable comments. Maybe we'll play that in a little bit. I'm going to write a note so I don't forget. Um, anyway, talking about how DeGrom and just want to be a part of a winner, a team that won 68 games last year. Look, I'm not saying you, you can't take the most money, but don't tell me that you, you went there because you believe that they could win. I mean, come on, that's an embarrassment. Anyway, DeGrom leaves, Mets replays him with Justin Verlander, Yankees awaiting word on Aaron Judge, Brian Cashman doesn't know what he's going to do if Judge signs elsewhere. That is a quote. The Yankees also unaware that Judge is going to be in the, at the winter meetings in San Diego. That caught them off guard. Uh, I mean, it seems like Judge is dragging him along here and making him sweat, but I don't know what to believe. And as each day goes on, you feel like there's going to be a significant offer from the Giants, from the Dodgers, who knows, 
And will the Yankees come up and match it? Yankees also said they have not been given any assurances by Judge's agent that they will be given a chance to match. So maybe just, I don't know. I mean, maybe Judge doesn't want to be back. I'd still ultimately be shocked, but that's what we're waiting for. As the Mets announced Justin Verlander, the Yankees announced Brian Cashman's returning for four years. Ooh. 877-337-6666. Tom is in North Brunswick. Good morning, Tom. You know, Yankee fans should be exciting. They signed a, a superhero. Oh, you yeah, know, Brian Spider-Man. Cashman. <laughs> he climbs the walls real well, so they got Spider-Man. Oh, that is true. <laughs> Brian Cashman does excel at that. <laughs> uh, you know what? And I'll get to my point. <laughs> you think the, uh, the fan has been exciting now? If the Yankees lose Aaron Judge, oh, the it. fan is going to be on fire. The it, Yankee fans are going to go crazy, yeah, especially yeah. if, they, if, if one of the mystery teams is the Red Sox or the Astros. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that being the case. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, I really do think it's – I mean, look, the Dodgers should be taken seriously, of course, but yeah. I mean, I really do – It just the, the gut feel. And, and based off of what San Francisco has said and the way that they've operated – I'd be surprised. But, again, there's always these mystery teams come out of nowhere, and you're like, what the hell? Where did that yeah. come from? So you never know. But I, at this point, I think he's, it would be Giants or the Yankees. Yeah. You know, you know it's gonna, I, I, I kind of think he'd probably go back to the Yankees, but that's not a guarantee. Because, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I've been, I have mixed feelings. My head's spinning. Um, you know, I, I feel bad. You know, I, I feel bad about Grom leaving, but let's be honest. He's not the same pitcher he used to be. That, I mean, uh, that may be the biggest point. You know, we talked about that earlier. It's not 2018, 2019 anymore. Yeah. Now, if, like you said, if he, if he would have had a, if he, if he would have had a, if he's coming off a year like 28, 2019, I'd be livid right now. And first of all, the Mets wouldn't let him go. There's no doubt. Correct. You know, he's had injury trouble, so they they, they don't want to. It's not good to give a, a starting pitcher a long term contract. You know, right. Berlander gets to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say right. I mean, it's not even the injury stuff. It's that he hasn't. Pitched. He hasn't. Won. I mean, uh, I think that there's a lack of grittiness to Degrom that he showed. Yeah. I, I don't uh, like. I said, I don't think you wanted to be here, and it was. You know, uh, apparently there were issues with trying to get him out on the mound, and whether he's asking out of some games. I mean, the guy didn't want to pitch. How are you going to invest five years, one hundred eighty-five million dollars, in a guy that's become a six-inning pitcher when he does yeah. actually want to pitch? I really, and, and you know, I know Evans upset a lot of the younger Mets fans upset because they, you know, they fell in love with him, and and I did too. But I wouldn't mind him to come back. But I mean, they did try to get him back, as you said, he didn't want to be there. So they, they you know, they got to move on. Look, but real Matt, quick, um, Matt Harvey, Matt Harvey, p- me personally, Matt Harvey broke my heart. That yeah, crushed me, me. It crushed me to find out what happened with Harvey. And I'm not saying he was as good as Degrom because he wasn't. Degrom was, but I had the emotional connection with Harvey. I have not had that since. I don't know if it's just me changing or what, but that one pained me the way that that whole thing went down. So I understand where Evan and other Met fans are coming from with Degrom. I just detached myself from him, maybe based on yeah. the the stuff that I heard about him. Yeah, and and I, I trust him. By the way, it was a another outstanding Hall of Fame type uh, monologue, and and I mean that. I'm not just saying it to you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Sal, how, how much talent you have. Wow. Uh, real quick, real, real, real quick, and I don't want to embarrass you, but real quick. Uh, no, you know, tell me more. The one thing I agree, well, <laughs> 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 but anyway, you know, with Epler, I mean, uh, you know, he, I'm getting irritated too uh, because uh, I don't know what this love affair with Daniel Vogelback is. Who would you rather have as DH, Josh Bell or Vogelback? 
Well, and Josh Bell, no doubt. I mean, I'd rather have anybody at DH than Vogelback. You know, I mean, and you know, I know. And one more thing: the Mets are the Mets from now on. They're always going to be a win now team. Correct. And and they have to and they have to keep their eye on the future too. You can't. You got to make sure if you want to build a sustainable winner. They got to keep some of their high prospects. And that's what they're the doing. That, that's what they're doing, yeah. Tom. And thank you for the call. I appreciate checking in. And of course, I do appreciate the kind words. That's why I don't understand the frustration. You could be disappointed. And I talked to Evan about this. You know, the Degrom Homer that he is. And we'll talk to Evan in the three o'clock hour. I'll replay that interview. Talked to Evan for a while yesterday, and he thinks we have a fundamental uh, disagreement on Degrom. I don't think that we do. He's a bigger Degrom fan than I am, but. I wanted them back, just not under the circumstances that, you know, he didn't want to be back. But I don't get how Met fans are upset with the organization. Think back to where the Mets were a year ago, where Mats was spitting in their face, similar to what DeGrom did. Remember, Mats, the Mets wanted Mats back, and he ended up, like, not even going back to them and just went to St. Louis. He wanted out. Syndergaard turned down their offer. He went to the Angels. And the Mets were like, okay, screw you both. We're going to get Max Scherzer. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what it is with Mats and Syndergaard and DeGrom. The way those guys left, weird. They all chose to go elsewhere. When the Mets had interest in bringing each of them back. Different levels of interest, of course. But they all chose to go elsewhere. And look what the Mets did to recover. All right, you guys don't want to come back? Fine. Scherzer, Verlander. I don't know how you can knock the Mets for replacing Jacob deGrom with an arguably better pitcher. Now, it depends on the year, of course, what we're going by. He's obviously older, Verlander, but I don't think there's any doubt that he's much more of a bulldog than deGrom is and a guy who is going to gut it out and tough it out, assuming he's healthy. And not ask out of games. I mean, those are big factors. I mean, you've got Buck Showalter now. Merry Buckmas. You've got Buck Showalter leading the way with two of the most fierce competitors the sport has seen atop their rotation with Scherzer and Verlander. And you could only hope that that will not only rub off on each other, but also the rest of the guys in that rotation. Where I feel like, and again, this is some inside info here, I feel like DeGrom had a negative impact on that clubhouse. And when Scherzer or others would, and who's others, but when Scherzer tried to push him along and get him to buy in and tough it out, he was resistant. And if you have a guy that doesn't want to partake in the team And being all in for the team, that's a problem. And it could be a problem in that clubhouse. Maybe he never felt welcome for whatever reason. Maybe he felt slighted because Scherzer was the guy and he wanted to get more money than him. Who knows? But you know what? Jacob deGrom, no longer the Mets' problem. He's the Rangers' problem now. John is calling from Brooklyn. John? man. How are you, John? I'm pretty good. It's been a minute. Uh... But uh, I find we finally agree, you know, on the show. I've been spreading that love of our show hey, for the past uh, two years mm-hmm. that they're building to build around Shohei. It, it, I mean, you, you, you nailed it 
in about an hour ago when I was I just came back from Long Island driving Uber, and uh, you nailed it. And I was like, wow, I got to call in because it's amazing that we were on that level and you be able to say what I've been saying to my friends for the past couple of years now. And honestly, I thought he was the he was the MVP. There's no one that can say they can hit uh, 40 plus home runs and throw a hundred mile per hour fastball. Right, but how could you, you may say he's the best yeah. baseball player? You can't say he's the most valuable player this year when the team uh, he was on sucked. <laughs> right, I like did, like I if did. you take yeah. Judge, if you take Judge off the Yankees, they don't make they don't win the division. They may not make the playoffs. That's why I look at him as the most valuable player. With Shohei, I mean, it's a different argument. It depends on what you uh-huh. want to base the argument on. But for me, the most valuable player has to come from a winning team. But anyway, it's not a yeah. knock on Otani, and the reality yeah. of Otani becoming available is now yeah. here. Like, he's, yeah. he's going to likely get traded in season, and if not, the Angels are even dumber than we think, and at the very least, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Definitely. And I said I said to my friend, and I'll say it to you, I'll say it to WFAN, he will be the first 400-plus million dollar player, maybe 500. <laughs> and he, yeah, he might be he might be it, underpaid at, four, at 400 and then, million. And, and then think about it. They still have to pay... The polar bear, which I think this will be his best season because, you know, now that he's built up to this part, and uh, I think this will be Pete Alonso's big comeback. This will be his big season because he's, he's due. So yeah. he has to show up. And I have, I have no doubts that the Mets will lock up um, Pete Alonso long-term mm-hmm. when the time yeah. is right. Maybe that's next offseason. Who knows? But I, I feel like they're going to do that in due time. Right now, they don't necessarily have to do that. And and one more thing, Sal, mm-hmm. um, if that, that Shohei thing does work, that will be a lot, the, um, the lineup. Just imagine the lineup. Uh, Lefty-righty with Alonzo and Shohei. <laughs> Look, you that that's the bat that they need. They need Shohei oh, Otani in there. He's, he's yes. the difference-making bat, John. And thank yes. you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. John was on it a couple years ago. I couldn't look that far ahead of the time. But now... We're approaching the time where Otani's finally going to become available. Now, remember the tie-in with Billy Epler, who was with the Angels and a part of getting Otani there. Also, keep in mind that there are no guarantees that Shohei Otani would, in fact, want to come play either A, on the East Coast, B, with the Mets, C, in New York. We don't know. And maybe he's thinking if he does come to New York, he wants to play with the Yankees. Yankees will be in on Shohei. I'm sure the Dodgers would be in on Shohei. Any team with big finances or with deep pockets, any team like that would be and should be involved in on Shohei. Now, the question is where he wants to go first and foremost. And then the other question is, do teams pursue him aggressively at the trade deadline? to a point where they're paying more than you would normally pay for a rental. Because the Angels made it clear, you know, usually you want to maximize your value on a player that you're going to lose at the end of the year via free agency. You trade them before that year starts. Or you trade them a couple years ahead of time the way the Nationals did with Juan Soto after realizing they weren't going to be able to sign him long term. All right, well, we might as well trade him now and maximize our value. Well, the Angels didn't do that yet. And they have said that they're not going to do that at any point now. But the Mets, while they're not waiting on Shohei Otani necessarily, clearly they are making sure that 
everything is in place in the event that Otani becomes available, whether it be via trade or when he hits the open market at the end of the year. I mean, that's going to be the guy. And that's a guy worth investing in where maybe he is worth $50 million a year. Maybe he is worth more than that. You're paying a guy. You know, think about it. If And do the math. I don't know if this is going to work, but if I were his agent, this is how I would put it. You're paying a guy, what, $35 million a year? $33 million a year to pitch the way that he would? If Otani were just a pitcher on the market, he'd be getting... Upwards of, you know, 33, maybe 35, whatever. Maybe a little under that. He gets that as a pitcher. Just say even 30. We'll lower it. Otani's worth at least $30 million per year as a pitcher. Well, what do you think he's worth as a, a bat? Another 30, 35? You're talking about a $60, 70000000 million player. Now, I don't know if he's going to get that, but he's definitely getting $50 million a year. He's worth it. You got these pitches and hits. I matter of fact, I'd be stunned if he signed for anything less than fifty million per year. How long a deal? Who knows? But he's got to be worth at least fifty million a year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Go to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. We'll also talk to Evan Roberts, the long-awaited, highly anticipated interview with Evan Roberts that I did earlier in the evening. You know, I wanted to do a live, of course, but Evan, he needs his beauty sleep for the big afternoon show. Evan has to get his rest. I can work all hours of the night, but Evan needs to tape the spot early so he can get some sleep. Anyway, he was kind enough to take uh, about a half hour or so and talk to me about the Mets. And, you know, I wanted to call him out for when he started the show by ripping SNY in the breaking news. I took offense to that because SNY did a tremendous job, if I must say so myself, on that breaking news coverage. But anyway, uh, you could stay tuned and listen to the Evan Roberts interview that I did coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. Your calls until then, 877-337-6666. Scott is in Tennessee. What's up, Scott? What's up, Sal? How are you, Scott? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Hi, I'm 16. I well, grew up in New Jersey. I'm a diehard Mets fan here in Braves country. It's absolutely pathetic. But uh, 
I just want your opinion on uh, signing uh, Xander Bogarts and mm-hmm. then moving Canna to center field and McNeil to left. Where are you putting Xander Bogarts? At second. So you want to sign Xander Bogarts, that's your big bat for the Mets, move him to second base, move McNeil to left and Canada center and let Nimmo go? Yes. Um, I don't, A, think it's realistic. B, I don't love it. But I got to be honest, I also don't hate it. Because the idea is replacing Nimmo with a better bat in Xander Bogarts, right? I mean, that's the idea. Yeah. So I'm on board with that. I just I think there's too many moving parts there. I also don't love Canna in center. Although I guess you could just put McNeil on right and move Marte to center, and maybe yeah. that makes it fit a little bit better. Yeah, um, interchangeable. Yeah, I mean I I don't hate it. Now, do we know Bogarts would play second base? It's just a speculation. It's something I'd love. Right. And it's our bat, it's a well-needed bat. I don't think Nimmo, like you said earlier, is worth $150 million for just getting on base. Right. Well, right. What uh, else does he do? I mean, other than, and again, yeah. I'm not trying to knock him or, or uh, diminish what he does, but you know, really that's his greatest skill set is getting on base. He's not a great defender, doesn't it with power, doesn't it with high average. So if you're going to pay $150, let us say, for Nimmo, why not just pay two hundred or two fifty or whatever for an impact? I don't know what Bogart's going to get. What are we looking at? Rumor for Bogart's? Have you seen it? I'd probably say I think he's worth two seventy five, maybe. Whoa, he's going to get that much? I think so. That's what the people on MLB Network were saying when they were talking about how much they think shortstop the market's worth. Right, well, them by here. And and again, if I, see if I'm going to do that, I'd rather do it for Correa. I like Correa better oh, yeah, than no I do Bogart's. John Heyman just reported 20 minutes ago that he's meeting with the Twins tonight, though. Who's that, Correa? So, Correa, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, he was already there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what's taking him so long, but um, if, yeah. he's, if he's going to go back to the Twins. All right, but he's meeting with the, he's meeting with the Twins tonight, like as in right now? I don't know, probably like... Oh, t- later yeah. tonight, you mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah, three yeah. hours earlier there, so that's why I was a little confused. One thirty, twelve thirty. 12.30, yeah. I mean, still... Yeah. You know, stuff could still happen from there, being that it's the West Coast. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, all right, maybe I'd later Tuesday. I'd Correa and then play him at third, for sure. Right. I'd play him at third. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Escobar. Besides his September, I mean, he saved practically the dwindling hopes we had, but uh, I'd rather just play him at third. Yeah, I'm okay with Escobar, Scott, and thank you for the call. appreciate it. And I, I like the outside-the-box thinking. I'm okay with Escobar at third, but if you tell me I could get Correa – then I can move Escobar. Matter of fact, you could even play, and I know they're not going to do this because they would have done it last year if they valued Escobar as a second baseman, but you could conceivably get Carrasco for third, move Escobar to second for the time being, and move McNeil to a corner outfield spot. And, you know, interchange. McNeil could play a little second. He could play a little right, play a little left, give some guys a day off. And then Beatty can become trade bait for Shohei. That's always a possibility as well. Mike is calling from Florida. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. I want to talk about the Brian Cashman deal. Mm-hmm. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I've Why? been saying, I've said on this, I've said on this channel that He's holding on to that job like a pope, and now we got him holding on to it like a president for more years. I can't, I, I just can't take it no more. Yeah, he's, I, 
he's dad. I'm sorry. Well, no, you you can talk. I mean, he's going to be here, so there's really. I, I know you can't yeah, take well, him, but he's yeah, not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I I get it. I mean, he's got the Pirates, the A's, and the Marlins on speed dial, trying to cherry pick some of their high draft picks that haven't panned out for those teams, and he just keeps on bringing them in. And I don't know if any of them has been worth anything. Well, Sonny I mean, look, Cashman, Cashman has made plenty of solid moves, but he's also made plenty of bad ones. And my reason for wanting to move on from him is not because I think he's a failure as a general manager. It's because I think it's gotten stale here with the Yankees. I think it's time for a change, time for a fresh voice, a fresh vision, a different vision on how to build this team because he's banged his head against the wall doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result and just believing in whether it's the injuries that aren't doing it or whether it's just bad luck in the postseason. He believes that their formula works, but it hasn't gotten them to the World Series. So that's my issue. No, and I hear you. And and you just used the same word that I've used on this station multiple times, stale. He's stale. Mm. And... It's 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 so frustrating, Sal. I, I I can't even I I can't even put it into words how frustrating it is. Where like you said, he's just banging his head against the well, wall. Well, and how about the idea, Mike? You know, I'm assuming you're a big Yankee fan, right? Of course. So you see the Mets sign Justin Verlander. You see all the action. You're hearing all the rumors, all the reports. The Yankees today announced the signing while all that's going on of Brian Cashman. Isn't that a tone deaf? Absolutely. How did it make you feel and, when the Mets signed Verlander and the Yankees signed Cashman? Well, the the, the the Verlander signing with the Mets deal actually makes me kind of happy because he ain't in Houston. No <laughs> That's more. a good point. Right. <laughs> the Mets helped you out a little bit. You couldn't beat the Astros yourself, but now the Mets got Verlander away. Maybe help you out a little bit. And I've told you before, I think, I, I, I don't hate the Mets. How the hell can you hate the Mets? Well, very easily. I mean, I've hated them for, what, uh, I don't know, since 86. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. The lovable yeah, losers that they were. No, I've hated them. I've loved them. I've hated them. Loved them. Hated them some more. And hated them again. Hey, I want to ask you one more question before I go. Mm-hmm. I called you on the opening night of football. Okay. And I, I'm pretty sure it was you. And I asked you, who the hell's calling the plays for the Broncos? And you told me you were going to call a friend of yours out in Denver. I don't know if you were playing with me. Or no, you I did. I, no, I did. And I think he answered at the time. Now, I forget, but I'm pretty sure it was Nathaniel Hackett, if I'm not mistaken. Because right, we because... talked. This was after opening week. Now, I remember the call vaguely. I forget the exact game. Was it that opening, it was, like, Monday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a Giants fan. Listen, I didn't have a dog in that fight. But they were playing... Seattle, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there was just some kind of horrible call in the second half of that game. And people haven't stopped talking about how horrible his play calling is it's since been, that day. It's been all year long to a point where he's going to be one and done. I mean, he's going to get fired. He, he's been that <sighs> bad. You're right. He's, he's been that bad. He should have got fired that night. Yeah, I mean... We talked about it. I forget the exact situation, but I remember. I, I don't. I don't remember either. Yeah, but it is rare. And thank you for the call, Mike. Appreciate checking in. It is rare, even especially uh, during baseball season. But 
uh, even if it's not a local game, it is rare that I will lead the show coming off of a Monday night game or Sunday night game, whatever, with that game. I mean, like, there's no chance I would touch the Bucks and Saints with all the baseball stuff that's going on. However, I remember that night specifically ripping Nathaniel Hackett to shreds. And you are correct. It has been a constant theme in the NFL this year. I forget the exact uh, scenario, but it was an ugly one. Hackett's lost. He's going to get canned. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. Chris, are you with us? Chris, normally I'll put you back on hold. Noah calling from the west side. What's up, Noah? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Noah? I'm doing great, and I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. So uh, we appreciate think, that. Thanks for taking the time. I think you're you're incredible. You're articulate, you're smart, and you're opinionated, and I oh, love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the total package. I like it. You got the big pack. You got the full package. And the big um, package. Yeah, you can. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about just that. Just kidding. Now. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a testing who's listening right there. Yeah. Right. I hear you. See if I get an email um, in the morning. What was that? <laughs> A couple of things you that I, that I really love about your opinions are one of them is how are these guys performing in the clutch situations? They can have great numbers during the year, but when it comes down to either the playoffs or pressure time, you're on them. You roasted, understandably, the Mets starting pitching staff when they folded against Atlanta and when two out of three of them folded against the Padres, mm-hmm. both of them, and you should have. And I love those guys. Like I love Scherzer, so it was hard for me to do that. But you, you brought it up, and you should have brought it up because it makes a difference. And also, you also are you basically roasted the Yankees for their performance in the playoffs because they were totally outclassed. Right. And I'm glad you did that. But what I'm asking you is, Aaron Judge put up great numbers during the year, but he was not there during the playoffs. He disappeared. And I want him signed. We have to sign him. There's no question about it. But why does Sal Licata not bring up, ever bring up, Judge's performance in the clutch? Because it's, it's not that I never do it. This year, I did not think it was fair to have the Yankee fans boo Judge days after his historic 62 home run MVP season. That's not fair. Now, was he great in the playoffs? No. And he was a big part of the Yankees' offensive failures because he was their entire team in the regular season. So it's not that I'm not critical of his postseason performance. However, if there's anybody who deserved a little bit of a break, it was Aaron Judge off of his historic year. I I hear that, Sal, but you're also advocating for, you know, an eight-year, nine-year deal for this guy. And we all want it. He's got to be there. But Aaron Judge has yet to prove that in the clutch, this guy can make can make it happen. And he's disappeared. Well, and well all right. So let me ask you. Should be brought up. For, the, for the record, I don't know if I would say that I'm advocating for an eight or nine year deal. I'm saying that's what he's going to get. And well, don't you think the Yankees should sign him? Well, <laughs> I, I think the Yankees have put themselves in a position where there would be a total revolt by the fan base if they don't bring him back. What does Sal Licata think? I do think that, well, look, 
first and foremost, I think they need to bring him back for all those reasons. Now, okay. if you if you look at the deal just based off of the actual deal, I do not think you're going to ever get a year like you had last year from Judge over the course of those eight, nine years. Now, you're going to get 50 home run seasons for sure. I don't think you'll ever get another MVP type year. I'm still going to question this. We're going to give this guy a big deal. We have to. Right. You're in a spot where you have to. That's it. Why are we not talking at all, at least mentioning the fact that in the clutch, in the playoffs, at least this year, but previously, he, I, I don't recall him having had great series previously. Right. I don't think he's ever ca- – well, look, he's – not I don't think. I know. He's never carried them to a World Series. That's why, you know, he's the reason. Starting back – and, Noah, thank you for the call. Good stuff. I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate the kind words. After the 2017 season, I would pick the Yankees to win the World Series or at least to get to the World Series every year strictly because of Aaron Judge. I figured there's no way this guy is not going to get this team over the hump. And then they lost to the Red Sox. I remember Judge had that boneheaded thing happen, playing the the radio, whatever it was that he was doing at Fenway Park. 2019, oh, there's no way they're going to lose to the Astros again. Judge won't let that happen. They were humiliated last time. Not going to happen. Not humiliated, but, you know, beaten game seven in 2017, ousted in the first round against the Red Sox in 2018. Not going to let it happen this year. And again, they got beat. 2020, oh, come on. The Yankees aren't going to lose. They got to get through. This is their year. First round again to the Rays. Aaron Judge has been the one constant. He's been the leader of the Baby Bombers. And he hasn't gotten the job done because this team hasn't gotten over the hump for one reason or another. You know, again, the 2021 season, just a disappointing regular season, which was an aberration. Usually the Yankees fail miserably in the postseason, not in the regular season. 2021, it was a combo. Just good enough to squeak into the wild card, one and done. And then this year they had success by beating Cleveland, but ultimately getting swept by the Astros where Judge off of an MVP type, not an MVP type year, an MVP year was not able to perform at that level in the playoffs, and it hurt him. But the reason why I'm not killing him for it is because the guy had as good a regular season as you can possibly have, and without him, the Yankees wouldn't have been there. And it's not him alone that is to blame. However, he did have plenty of opportunity to get the job done and change a game with one swing of the bat, and just didn't get it done. So he definitely deserves some blame, definitely deserves some criticism, but the over-the-top, this guy can't ever perform in the clutch, I don't think that that's accurate. And I also think that if there was ever a year where a guy gets a pass, it was this year. 877-337-66, you know, because he had... Won the MVP and at 62 home runs. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
Salah got him back on the bench. Can you make your parlays pop this holiday season? Yeah, win some money from Vegas with the weekly parlay bonus from Superbook Sports. If you place a three-team football parlay, now you're talking my language. Superbook will give you a $10 bonus voucher. It's your holiday bonus courtesy of Superbook Sports. Rack up the wins and earn some holiday cash by betting parlays with Superbook. Download the Superbook New Jersey app and place your parlays today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Come up with that perfect parlay. Last week was the first time I actually missed on the perfect parlay over the last three weeks or so. Um, I think I've yeah, maybe been doing it for three weeks. Haven't been that many, but we've been pretty good. And then we threw the Turkey Day teaser in there. Which it anyway, check out the perfect parlays on Superbook Sports. 877-337-6666. Remember, coming up in the three o'clock hour, we'll hear the interview that I recorded earlier in the evening with Evan Roberts. So we'll have some fun doing that. Your calls until then. Joe is calling from Diker Heights. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Joe? All right, not too bad. Uh so in my opinion, uh what's gonna happen with the Mets here is they're basically gonna become what the Yankees were under uh, 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 Steinbrenner in the sense that Cohen's going to pump enough money into this team year after year that they should make the playoffs every year. Correct. So it's going to come. Right. At minimum, so they should be a playoff team every year. Minimum. Right. Exactly. So it's going to come down to postseason play. And everybody's bringing up uh, 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 DeGrom's injuries. And in my opinion, you know, his injuries didn't really cost the team last year. He was available for the last third or quarter of the season. He was there in the playoffs. And by the way, the one game that they won um, against the Padres was the game that he pitched. So, you know, I kind of think that the injuries really weren't a factor with them last year. And if you're looking at Verlander, Verlander, yes, he pitched very well last year, not so much in the postseason. But he wasn't available in twenty in uh, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. He did not pitch. Right. So if we're bringing up the injuries with the Grom, I think we have to bring up the injuries with the other guy as well. Well, it's not just the injuries with the Grom; it was the injury to Verlander. De Grom, it's a little bit of everything. He missed a bunch of time. Then when he was healthy, you know, the team was saying, "You're good. You're ready to go." He didn't want to pitch. So there's a lot there. Plus, I think the biggest point that you made was. The injuries didn't necessarily cost the Mets. Although, think about it this way: if they had Degrom a full year, you don't want to, you don't think they would have won one more game potentially, and they could have won the division, and then they would have well, had a buy. Hundred games. Well, right. no, I, I get what you're saying, but still, it would have helped to have had Degrom there and Scherzer for that matter too. But Degrom was healthy down the stretch and wasn't good enough in Oakland, in Atlanta, when they had a chance to win that extra game and win that division. So it wasn't just about the injuries. It was also about the performance where DeGrom was not the same guy. But, look, I mean, yeah, there's no guarantee. Verlander could be healthy. He could be in the playoffs. He could have a great year, and he could get lit up in the postseason. And that's going to be a problem because the Mets are built right now, anyways, with those starters to dominate uh, their games. If they don't do that, the Mets can't win. My thing with Verlander, too, is, you know, I, you know, I don't trust anybody coming from that team. Cole... You know, Cole was with the Pirates. He was an all-star, you know, caliber pitcher. He went to Houston, and he became a superstar. Now he's with the Yankees, and he's back to being, you know, an all-star caliber pitcher, but not that top-level, like, superstar ace. Verlander was in the twilight of his career. Looked like he was definitely on the downside yeah. uh, uh, with the Tigers. He goes to Houston. All of a sudden, he has this renaissance, and the guy's a world beater. So I, I, I just, I just 
have a hard time trusting anybody coming from that team. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on. Agreed. There. Every- Agreed. But let me ask you, what then would you have done if you were the Mets? It, no, they were in a tough spot because if you're not going to sign DeGrom, you got to fill the spot. But I just don't feel great with Verlander. Number one, he's a mercenary. Um, you know, there's no attachment to the guy. What does, that mean? Uh, he's know, a, I, what does that mean he's a mercenary when you guys are saying that? I've heard that a couple of different times. What does that mean? He's a mercenary in the sense that just like Scherzer, he's going to take the most money he can get year after year. It doesn't matter well, who if he's isn't, on teams over his career. Who isn't going to do that? I, but you know what? There has to be some level of, uh, you know, I understand everything's about money, but that guy's made so much money in his career, and Houston stuck with him and paid him through 20, through 21, two years that he did not pitch. Then all of a sudden he pitches last year and has a good season, and he says, you know what, see you later. I want to go make a few extra bucks. Yeah, maybe um, he just didn't want to be there anymore. What else does he have left to accomplish in Houston? Uh, you know what? I mean, you know, he's he's on a team that, you know, seems to make the World Series every, you know, every, every single year. And then the guy wants to bolt. I mean, I, I can't. Uh, he wanted, I can't he wanted, to, make, he, he wanted to make more money. Maybe him and his wife wanted to come live in New York and enjoy that uh, all that New York has to offer. Look, I don't know. There, Honestly, Joe, I didn't love the idea of Verlander either prior to DeGrom leaving. However, once DeGrom leaves, what are the Mets supposed to do? He is their best option. Were, he's right. their best bet. I'd rather, I, I'd honestly rather have Verlander than Rodon long, uh, for short term. I don't want to pay Rodon, you know, six years, seven years at two hundred million. Uh, I'd rather do the shorter contract at a higher AAV and then have it come off the books in two years. I know they were in a tough spot, but again, I kind of look at the Grom in the sense that if they could assign him to a four or five year contract and he gave them exactly what they gave him, and and uh, he gave them exactly what he gave them last year. It would be worth every penny. I don't care if he doesn't pitch the whole first half of the season. If he's there down the stretch and he's there in the postseason, that's all you really need the guy for. I know it sounds silly, but if he gave them what, what he gave them last year, it, it, it well, wait, would have been he, worth every dollar. No, what he gave them, and I get what you're saying, Joe, and thank you for the call, but what he gave them last year wasn't good enough. I'm, I'm not sure what your, like, this is not 2019, Jacob DeGrom. That's my biggest issue, FYI. It's not even that DeGrom didn't want to be here. It's not that DeGrom didn't want to be here. It's not that DeGrom's been often injured. I know I do have an issue with him not wanting to pitch through certain things or him asking out of games. But my biggest issue of all of it is that DeGrom, when we most recently saw him, was not the best version of himself that we saw in 2018, 2019, and 2020. He was not that. That's what would scare me more than anything else. That's what would bother me. A huge game in Oakland. I remember because I was there. I landed in San Francisco that afternoon checking my phone as I was going to try to hurry up, check into the hotel, and go over to the Oakland Coliseum and watch DeGrom Go beat the A's in a game the Mets had to have. And he didn't get the job done. He got lit up to a point where I was like, screw that. I'm not going to that game. I'm not rushing around. So instead, I went to a bar to try to find a game to to watch. I walk in there. Hey, can you put the A's game on? The guy's like, A's game? I'm like, yeah, am I not in San Francisco? You could see the stadium from here. What do you mean, A's game? Oh, we don't watch the A's around here. Good God. I don't even care about the A's myself. I'm trying to watch the Mets. 
Then I went and sat in the corner, put it on the SNY app, and I'm watching it, waiting for somebody to come serve me because I'm starving. Didn't happen. Left there, walked around, took me hours to find food and a drink. All this while DeGrom was getting tattooed by the A's. And then against Atlanta, he wasn't very good. Gave up three homers. Now, you could say that he was better than than Scherzer and Bassett. You would be correct. However, that's not saying much because those two were awful. But DeGrom giving up three homers in a huge game in Atlanta? The good Jacob DeGrom doesn't get touched, let alone homers, let alone three. The good DeGrom doesn't get touched. How about the start against the Pirates? Lights out through what, five innings, 13 strikeouts? Gives up a game-tying three-run homer. Jacob DeGrom was human this year. Now, the argument for him is that, well, Sal, him at 75% is better than most at 100. That would be true. However, I saw him at 100. And him at 100 is the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. But he wasn't there last year. He was not vintage Jacob DeGrom. Dominant Jacob DeGrom. That hasn't been there in a while. Because he didn't pitch last year. He didn't really pitch the year before. This was finally the time he was coming back healthy to contribute to this good ball club. And when they needed him the most, Oakland, Atlanta, he didn't get the job done. Now, he did get the job done in the postseason, but even that wasn't vintage Jake. He battled. DeGrom usually makes it look easy. He had a battle and toughed that game out. And he did get Machado in a big spot, and the Mets ended up winning that game. And look, even with all that, I'm still saying I would have preferred to have DeGrom back. But he didn't want to be here. The Mets didn't have an option to bring him back. He didn't want to be here. They offered him three years, $40 million per year. That's more than he made per year with the Rangers. Or more than he got per year with the Rangers. Now, obviously, he got two more years. The Mets weren't going to do that. Certainly not at $40 million per. But he didn't even give him a chance to match. So there are many issues, but the biggest issue to me is that DeGrom was not vintage Jake. If he were, I guarantee I'd be singing a different tune, whether it be today, whether it be the Friday Night Breaking News show on SNY. If this were coming off a 2019 season, you could never let DeGrom walk, ever. I don't care what the other offers were. By the way, I don't think that they would have coming off of 2019. But we're years removed from that. Guy hasn't pitched very often, and when he did pitch last year, he was not his dominant self. So you could understand why maybe the Mets weren't willing to overextend. But again, they didn't have the choice because he didn't want to be here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.